Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Elephant in the Room podcast. I'm your host, Ian Cruz, and today we'll get to hear from GUCR's incumbent freshman representative, Maria Victoria, and her predecessor, Katie, who will be giving their advice for incoming freshmen. On this podcast, we've paid tribute to our graduating Hoyas, and this episode flips the script, going back to your first day on the hilltop. The start of college is never easy, and that's why we're here to help. Now let's get right into the episode. Please join me in welcoming Katie and Maria Victoria to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Ian. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Maria Victoria. For all those who don't know me, I am a rising sophomore in the School of Foreign Service. I am currently majoring in business and global affairs in the BSBGA program, and I'm involved with GUCR, um, OCC, and I am also involved with um, Catholic Women. Um, so thank you so much. Hey, Ian, thank you so much for having me as well. Lovely to see you again, Maria Victoria. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm Katie Henderson. I'm a rising junior in the college. I'm actually a biochem major, which is like a rare occurrence in GCR, but it is an occurrence. Um, I'm involved in the cheerleading team on campus, as well as uh, APO, a community service frat on campus, and the chem club. And obviously, GCR, I've been involved since my uh, freshman year. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you both. And now this discussion will be broken down into two parts. Uh, One will be focusing on academic life and the other on social life, such that we can cover as much ground as possible. So let's go straight in. How did you both adapt from high school classes to college ones? Are there any tricks to soften the blow and to have a smoother transition? Yeah, so I can answer that first. Um, I think the two things that helped me the most in transitioning were structure and teamwork. And I'm going to break that down a little bit. When you're in high school, you go to you go to school seven hours a day. And you have structure, everything to the point that you eat. You have 20 minutes to eat. That's what I had in public school. You have 20 minutes to eat. And whether you finished or not, you got to go back to class. When you go to college, everything is a lot more flexible. You have so much time. You have so many different opportunities. You have clubs to get involved in, uh, people to hang out with. And so having that much flexibility and freedom can be really scary at first. And it can be too overwhelming that you don't know what to do with it. So I always made sure that I was planning out my schedules every day and say, okay, I go to class this time and I have 20, 30 minutes, an hour between these two classes. That's the time that I'm going to work on that homework. So everything is structured for me. Of course, it's easier said than done. So don't beat yourself up too much if you can't get it um, down the first week or the second week. Um, It will come naturally. You're just adjusting to a new system Um, and also teamwork. Find people in your classes that um, you want to work with. So whether that's reaching out, say, hey, can I have your Snapchat, your Instagram or your phone number? We can, you know, talk about this um, homework assignment, um, especially if it's something that that like seminars that are heavily influenced by what other people say and like having that conversation, I think it's really important. So those were two things that helped me. But again, it comes in naturally. So you just kind of find what works for you. I definitely want to echo what Maria Victoria was saying. Um, Definitely having a structure has helped me. And I realized that when I didn't have that structure, um, I was definitely like, oh, I can do my homework later. I have time later. And then it's midnight and I'm like, oh, sugar, I can't do my homework. It's 2 a.m. I'm up. I mess up my whole sleep schedule and it just kind of is a 
rock rolling down a hill. So definitely uh, that's a great point. I'd also like to point out office hours helped me a lot. I mean, so I'm a junior, so my whole freshman year was online. So my transition from high school classes to college classes was a little weird considering like I didn't actually like go to college. Like, I was still at home. I didn't really like all my friends were at school. So I'm just like, okay, I have nothing better to do. I might as well do my homework. Oh, I have, I'm just going to go 10 feet over to my kitchen to eat dinner. Like it wasn't really that much different from high school for me, but coming into sophomore year when we were finally in person, it definitely um, was much more difficult, but I definitely would recommend office hours. Uh, I obviously I'm a pre-med pre-dental. So having office hours at a specific time where you can meet with your teacher and really just focus on like, I don't understand this. Like admit that I don't understand this. Please help me. I want to learn. It'll a help you learn. Like the point of coming to Georgetown, you want to learn, you want to thrive, you want to excel, but B it shows to your teacher that you're interested in the topic and you want to do well in their class. Um, a second thing that I would recommend as stupid as this sounds, and I know it does be prepared for class, whether that means doing the reader reading before class or whether that means like making sure your homework is done for before class, whatever it is, do it because there've been plenty of times I walk into class and I'm like, oh, I didn't need to do that reading. And it's just like, so let's discuss the reading today. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. So definitely do that reading, do that extra practice problem, whatever it is. But yeah. Yeah. And I'd just like to add something on. So what Katie mentioned was absolutely true. Reading at Georgetown is really heavy. You go back after your classes and you have like 50 pages for each class to read for the next day. So obviously not, not all the professors are going to expect you to read every, all the 50 pages completely for the next day because they know you have like four other classes to keep track of. So what I had to learn the rough way was sometimes you just get a like skim through the reading and find the key points but do make sure that you read especially in SFS classes as a freshman you take a seminar and those are based heavily in discussion and participation so you want to make sure that what you're saying applies to what you read and you're not just trying to jump in and BS your way into it because a the professors are going to know exactly what the reading is and they're going to know that you're BSing your way into it and b um it's just gonna it's just gonna help you with your grade overall because that's what seminar classes are based off of is your participation. So definitely skim. Don't don't think that they're gonna ask you for really little details in the reading, uh, but do know that you are expected to read some parts of it and get the main idea. Yeah, thank you both for such insightful advice. And to add on, Team of Victoria about SFS Pro seminars, I found it was one of my favorite classes so far. I never only had one year at Georgetown so far, also an incoming uh, uh, rising sophomore, but having a class that's capped at 15 people gives you such an opportunity to flourish in class. And I picked a seminar that was about a part of the world I didn't know too much about, which was about Australia and New Zealand. Uh, and having a professor who was always willing to make time for you, listen to you, and just engage you on the topic. Like I had office hours with my professor in that class for hours on end. I would go to his little office in the, in the ICC. We'd talk about Australia. I live, I grew up in Portugal. So talking about how Portugal really even relates to Australia to help connect the dots a little bit, but they're always there to help you. And, and as uh, Marie Victoria said about, and Katie said about office hours, huge emphasis. 
And that leads me to the next question, which is, in your view, what is the best way to take advantage of the classes you're taking this semester? And then how can you carry that on for future semesters? Um, so I can answer this one, um, kind of going off of what I was saying before office hours, but more broadly, make the connections. Like, of course, you're learning the information. You want to get the information, get as much as you can out of the class that you're paying for. But in the long run, long run, pardon me, in the long run, everything is about connections in life. The You'll learn through GUCR, through clubs, through just hanging out with friends, like Everybody knows everybody. So if you know this person, they might be able to get you an internship at this really cool place. But if you never made that connection through going to office hours and talking with your teacher or going up at the end of class and being like, hey, I really enjoyed your class. Here's a quick question I had. Or even talking to the person sitting next to you. You really won't make those connections that'll really help you not only in this class, but the next class and in your whole future in general. Yeah, and just to piggyback off of that, I think for me, one of the biggest things and challenges was I was taking some class of freshman, you're taking classes that are just kind of you have to take because they're part of the core. Right. So maybe you're not 100 percent interested in this class or this topic doesn't really, uh, you know, draw much attention to you. But I will say that you're already in the class. You're already participating in it. You already have to take it. You're reading. You're putting so much effort into it to get a good grade in it. So you might as well engage with it 100 percent. And for me, what that means is, hey, if I am learning about, you know, I had to take a digital class last semester, which it was, um, I think it was like free speech in the digital age. And it was really heavily concentrated in the digital aspect and like computer science and all that kind of stuff and how that works in the background. And I am not a computer scientist. I don't I, like that kind of thing. I'm not too uh, used to. I don't talk about this stuff. But I was already learning. I was already engaging. So I made sure that I asked questions and I tried to learn as much as I can because that could help me professionally, right? If I try to go get an internship, right, on the Hill and we're talking about technology, like I have something to contribute to that conversation because I took this class. It wasn't necessarily my first choice, but I put 100% of myself into it and I took something out of it. And I think that is so helpful and useful because the thing about core is you get to dip your toes in different places, right? So you can, you can, you know, try a little bit of science, try a little bit of this, try a little bit of that and things that you wouldn't usually be drawn to, but it can help you grow and understand things from a different perspective and you can apply it to what you actually love, right? So I'm obviously into politics. So like I'll apply that into politics. Um, and so I think that's just the biggest thing that is it's hard to learn because you just want to get through the class but you're already in it. And ju just think about it, you know, like put yourself 100%, do the extra research, ask the extra questions, stay the extra five minutes, just because you can get out of it. Um, you can get something out of it for yourself and your professional development as well. Those are great points. And one more I would add, if you're listening to this, you're probably a Georgetown student, you're joining Georgetown. And to get in, you have to be an absolutely fantastic student and fantastic person. So never doubt yourself, I think is another key point, especially when it comes to academics, you can, you're more than likely going to be intimidated by a lot of other people in your classes, since this is a very high tier school, a high tier university. But while it may induce fear in one sense, take it as an opportunity to learn from your, your colleagues and your fellow Hoyas, because you have as much to contribute as anybody else. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Worst thing that can happen is the professor will tell you the answer. Like there's, no, there's no 
wrong with asking a question and being curious. If anything, asking the question and being brave will only show the professor that you want to learn more and you want to know more about this topic and do well in their classes, as uh, both of you guys have been saying throughout this, uh, these past couple of questions. But now let's move on to the social aspect, maybe even more intimidating than the academics. Because what are other people going to think of you? Where, what is your place uh, on campus? How did both of you approach your first SAC fair? So SAC is the Student Activities Commission. And what are your thoughts on club culture on campus rather than one that's more focused on fraternities? Yeah, so I can uh, answer this one first. I think for my first SAC fair, I was the first thing I remember was being completely overwhelmed and really hot. So um, it was held outside. There were so many booths, so many different organizations trying to pull freshmen in, mostly freshmen and sophomores, mostly because then after that, everyone kind of, you know, has their clubs that they focus on um, and just like trying to get you to join. And I remember I took a piece of paper or a card or signed up on my email for literally everyone I walked through. And then I got, I got back to my dorm and I started being flooded. My email was flooded with so many organizations telling me to join when the meetings were, blah, blah, blah. And so it is easy to get overwhelmed. And especially at Georgetown, because we don't have uh, official fraternities or sororities, everyone kind of like goes straight to you know, the clubs and organizations and what can I join in, you know, because everyone wants to be a part of something, especially coming in as a freshman, you want to feel that you're a part of a community, whatever that is for you. Um, so I will say it is a little scary because everyone's trying to compete to get into certain clubs. Everyone's trying to, you know, uh, tug you this way or that way. And it is, it is easy to kind of get overwhelmed and lost. I will say my advice for this though, is to just while you're in it, just take a step back. Nothing is what, because you put your email down doesn't mean that you have to go to every club meeting after that. It means you're interested in learning more about the club. And then you can choose from then which clubs you want to focus on. But I will say definitely pick two at most as a freshman. I wouldn't involve myself in more because you probably won't have the time to commit to all those clubs. And you'll just like, half commit and it you won't get as much out of it right because you get out of it what you put into it and that is 100% true with anything you do in life but especially at clubs because they have so many reoccurring events and they have so many um, meetings and things they have to go to so pick one or two you have time you have eight semesters and especially like that that is a long time for you to explore other clubs so it doesn't mean once you sign up for their first club your freshman year that's the only club you're going to do but it's definitely overwhelming. That's how I felt. But you will find your way. And I would say focus on a few because that's what's going to help you get through that like overwhelming period. And that's what's going to help you kind of find your community that we all want. Um, Definitely agree with everything Maria Victoria said. I actually didn't go to my first SAC fair, if I'm going to be completely honest. It was online and I was like, I'd rather go to the beach. So I went to the beach. But um, my sophomore year, I definitely went and she's absolutely right. Every single club is like, here, try this food, take this pin, sign up here, take our QR code. And I'm like, okay, okay, free stuff, whatever. Okay. So I actually signed up for everything too. I signed up for the Japanese club, the Greek club, the everything club, the French club. I don't speak any language. I speak English very well, but nothing else. So I signed up for all these clubs and I'm like, eh, why not? Right. But your email does get flooded. Everything like that is absolutely true. 
But something I will say is give everything a try. Like, even if you are like going to pick two, like go to the first meeting, like meet the people in the club, like give it a little try. It's absolutely okay to quit. Absolutely. So my freshman year, I joined um, the dance company on campus. And as much as I loved it, it was so fun. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't a fit. It was online. I wasn't loving it. Great club to join if you want to join it. Don't want to discourage you. It's absolutely wonderful. So I was like, you know what? It's not for me. And I, I quit. So totally okay to quit, even if you go the entire year. But definitely stay involved and definitely try new things because the clubs are where you will make your closest friends. I I mean, we're all obviously involved in GUCR, but when I say like, if I were to pick my bridesmaids, like if my wedding tomorrow and I had to pick my bridesmaids, like half of them at least would be in GUCR. Maria Victoria would probably be one of them. Like it's really, you clo- you form such close bonds and it's not even during the club meetings where you form those bonds. It's like, oh, Ian, do you want to go grab dinner tonight? Like those sort of things. It's like, oh, I'm having a, something at my house, like everybody come over, we'll watch a movie. Like it's, you form those type of bonds that aren't just like intellectual peer bonds. Like you become closer friends. So definitely, definitely, definitely get involved in clubs. But Greek life is also good on campus. So try that too. It's fun. I think you both of us are just fantastic answers. And I'm sure our audience will love them and and take, uh, take them to heart. And they should take them to heart. But let's move off campus. And what are some of the top places, in your uh, opinion, that are the best to see in D.C.? It can be a museum. It can be a, you know, a park. It could be wherever. What's a place uh, in the city that has really stood out to you? What is a place that you always find yourself coming back to? Um, so, Ian, as much as you asked this question, the only thing I could think of was food. So I would definitely go to LeVay and their cookies are like, magic bombs dropped straight from heaven. Absolutely delicious. Gongcha. So I'd never have boba in my entire life. My roommate is 100% Japanese. And she's like, Katie, 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 you got to try this. And I was like, uh-huh. Don't really know why I want these little soy balls in my drink, but okay. It's so good. Gongcha, go to gongcha. Um, what else? Oki Bowl. We've had so many little parties at Oki Bowl. It's the weird. You look at the outside and you're like, this place is so sus. Like, I don't think I'm going to go inside. You go inside and it's beautiful. The food is delicious. Um, and then definitely I'd recommend Falafel Inc. I'm about the pickiest eater you'll ever meet on the face of this entire planet. I don't eat anything. And two of my friends took me to Falafel Inc. And I was like, I'm not going to like this. Like it's chickpeas. I don't eat hummus. I don't like chickpeas. I love it. I would get it every single day of the week. I'd be like, bye, Leos. I'm living off of falafel ink and be completely content with my life. But if I would have to give a recommendation for anything that isn't food related, which is hard, I would probably say a Hoya must do is a midnight monument run. I think all of us have probably done it. And I have some of the funniest stories with my friends from doing them. We all scooter on the little line scooters to the monuments. Go check them out. You just have, it sounds stupid, but it's, it's really fun. So definitely recommend doing all of those things. 
Yeah, I love that, Katie, that you mentioned all those food places. I am definitely a foodie too. I am not picky at all, except, well, actually, I will say I do not like spicy food at all. And no one will ever convince me that spicy food is good. But I do like to try new foods. So I have found my places that I like. These are kind of basic, though. So I will say I love Bethesda bagels. Those are literally across the river um in Rosslyn and they're really good bagels I fell in love with them I had an internship on the hill my uh, fall semester freshman year and every time I came back to Rosslyn I got I made sure to get my bagel before I went to class and it was delicious um boulangerie Christophe and I completely said that and butchered that that is French um it is really good it's right there in Georgetown and I love their pastries they're super fresh they're super delicious and whenever I had to go get an essay done or I needed to go get homework done but I wanted to have like an aesthetic place to do it and not go to Lao. I went there um also the Library of Congress you are in DC go to the Library of Congress at least once it is absolutely gorgeous and it is a hundred percent better than Lao <laughs> when you're trying to do homework so I definitely go there um and I am a very outdoorsy girl I love to be outdoors I love hiking um, I love going down to the river. So the river walk right down there at Georgetown is great. Um, but also I found Rock Creek Park, which is also right there in D.C. Um, but it is kind of separate from all the um, craziness of the city. So if you need to just go somewhere to be connected to nature and just be alone or go with a group of friends, that's the perfect place to go. I actually want to do something, some like camping thing this fall with my friends and I am a hundred percent going to Rock Creek Park. It's right there. It's really accessible. So definitely get out of the hilltop as much as you can because there's a lot to see. And I have both Katie and I have been to other places that we didn't mention because there's not enough time. But definitely look for those places yourself and don't be afraid. The transportation in DC is amazing. If you're from like the Midwest like me, uh, Ohio, <laughs> We do not have public transportation, okay? If you do not have a car, you're not getting anywhere. So definitely trust the public transportation and know that like that is there for you. The metro is great, super clean most of the time. Um, and Georgetown also has their own shuttle buses and stuff to get you out of the hilltop. So that's free and accessible for you. So use that to your advantage as much as you can. No, I definitely agree with Maria. Definitely get out there. I come from a kind of a similar background, not the Midwest, but I come from like little suburban Connecticut. Like we have nothing like our food is we have 12 Italian restaurants in my town and that's about it. Like my mom comes to visit me and the only thing she, she like, of course, wants to see me, but she really just wants me to take her to new restaurants. She's like, oh, let's go to like um, she's like, OK, so where are we eating? Like before she's like, how are you? How have you been? Where are we eating? And uh, what am I trying? We, I took her to this one place called Curry and Pie, and it's so good. It's curry, one word, and pie, not Korean pie, but it's curry and pie. It's so good. And the pizza, so it's a pizza place, but it's like they have paneer pizza. Am I, is that right? Paneer? Yeah, that's right. I think that's how you say it. It's delicious. Yeah. I probably that too. It's so good. I think Maria Victoria actually came with me. A bunch of my friends went and we went with my mom and my aunt out to dinner. And my pizza came out and my mom was like, what is that? Like, it looks weird. She's like, Katie, am I supposed to eat that? And I'm like, yeah, mom, it's good. It's good. Afterwards, she was like, that was like one of the best pizzas that I had in my life. It's really like everything there is just so cool. I come from little Connecticut where anything interesting is like a two hour drive away. Like New York, two hours, Boston, two hours. So like being right in the city, 
it gets to the point where my mom's like, oh my God, like that's the Washington Monument. That's so cool. And I'm like, oh yeah, like we live here. Like it gets to that point, but you have to like remind yourself, like you will never, like you'll never be in that place again. Like that's so cool. You get to see the Washington Monument every day, the Capitol, the whatever. It's definitely take advantage. You definitely agree. Both of you said such great places, great restaurants uh, and other spots around the city. And actually, Marie Victoria, I have to make a confession that I also interned on the Hill. I interned in the spring and I actually haven't been to the Library of Congress. I tried to go once, but it was closed. It was right at the end of the workday. So that's top of my list to get to next semester. But I need to come clean. Shame on you, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, yeah, there's hopefully more time to come. But uh, as a history, more politics nerd myself, the American History Museum is my favorite place to go. Love going there. I could spend a whole day there. And when I was much younger, it used to be the Air and Space Museum. So those two places, though the Air and Space Museum, I think, is still under renovations. So hopefully it'll be open soon. But those are two excellent places I've been before. Definitely recommend if you're into aviation, into space, obviously, as the name suggests, or American history. It's a very broad part of American history. It's not all political. A lot of it is just how America came to be and our growth as a society over since 1776. So that's been really awesome just being in the city and being in awe of everything that goes on. When I first landed in D.C., I think it was about almost a year ago today, uh, just seeing the Washington Monument landing into Reagan, it hits you as soon as you land. You're like, this is where you live now. This is your life now. And just take advantage of it. But now let's move on to another question that I think is uh, really important. Is that what piece of advice or what's one thing that you wish you knew before you step foot on Georgetown's campus for the first time? Yeah, so I think this is a really good question. I had to think a lot about it um, because you're going into, some, even if it's not Georgetown, if it's some other university, you're, you're going in kind of blind, right? So you're trying to get adjusted to a new life and there's things that you're going to learn along the way and everyone has to have those moments. But I will say Georgetown is very particular. Georgetown is a place where a lot of people are super interested in a specific thing, right? So you go out and you start hanging out with people and you're like, so what are you into? And people come up with the like craziest niches. Like they literally have the like, like Ian is so, so interested in like elections and he knows everything about them. And I'm like, wow, that's super cool. But I don't really have that. Like I don't really have a specific thing that I love. And there's people that I, I, I'm interested in a, a lot of things, but there's not like one thing that I'm just obsessed with. And um, this is not necessarily about Ian anymore. I'm just saying in general, right? So uh, students at Georgetown, some of them have had their lives planned out since they were five. Okay. They know that they, they're going to go to Georgetown. They know this is what they're going to major in. They know this is what they want to do. And this is every step they're going to take to get there. And that's fine. That's great. More power to them. I'm really happy about that. It's just that it is not necessarily the truth for everyone, right? That's not how everyone is going into Georgetown. And you have to be prepared and expect everyone to have or say at least that they have a niche, right? It doesn't mean that you do. So this is your time to explore, right? You're in a new place, in a great city, in the capital of the United States. Take advantage of that. Do not limit yourself to one little thing just because other people already know what they want to do. If they already figured it out, great, but you need to figure it out yourself. 
So dip your toes in as many things as you can. As Katie said, when we were talking about the clubs and organizations, do go at least if you want to try 15, obviously you don't have to go to all of their, all of their meetings, all 15 meetings, but go to the first meeting and then see if you like it. Dip your feet in because that's what you're here for. You're a student, you're growing, you're learning. And don't expect that what you're going into when you, when you first arrive, it's the same thing that you're going to be doing when you leave. Right. So if you're like, you know what, politics, it really isn't for me. I thought it was, but I don't really like all that debating and I don't want to deal with all these people. And that's all right. I think that's fine. And that's perfect. That's part of finding who you are. So don't be afraid of doing that. And also do not be afraid of telling people who do have a specific passion to tell them, hmm, I don't know a lot about that. Tell me more about it. Let me learn. I want to know also, maybe there's something that I might be interested in the future. So I think definitely keep that in, in the front of your mind when you first arrive, <laughs> because it is it is quite shocking when you see how many people know exactly what they want to do or say they do. Most of the time, these people might not even know, right? They just say something because they feel pressured to. So just make sure that you don't feel pressured to do the same and you take your own path and you explore as much as you feel you need to explore. That's a really great point, Maria. I know going in, the whole niche system was a little difficult for me to figure out. I mean, I thought I I, I thought I was boring. Like I'm a little girl from little Connecticut with my little hobbies, my biochem. Like I want to be a dentist. Like my life has been figured out forever. Like you will think you will become friends with certain people. You will become friends with completely different people. I mean, if you look at, for example, me and my roommate, so my roommate's name is Alyssa. Love her. Send love to Alyssa. But she's like a 4'11 Japanese girl who lives in Hawaii, used to live in Japan, speaks fluent Japanese and Chinese. Like she's an SFSer. I'm like the complete opposite. Like she's like, like K- I, I'm going to mess it up. She might like J-pop or K-pop. I don't know. But she likes like that. She likes anime. I could not. I hate those. Absolutely. I Not my thing. But like we... I mean, Maria, Victoria, and Ian both know, like, me and Alyssa are, like, two peas in a pot. Like, you will become friends with, like, the strangest people ever. And, like, let that happen. Don't limit yourself to one group just because you think you found your niche. But um, going off of the question, some advice that I would say, I have two pieces of advice. So, first, you are here for a reason. I mean, I had a lot of trouble with this. I was like, oh, like, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. Like that sort of thing. We all got in. We're all in the same boat. Like we all had the same grades to get in. We all have something to contribute. It's like Ian was saying before, like we all have some reason that we're here. The admissions office saw it in you, like other people will see it in you too. I know for me at the end of last semester, the spring of 2022, I was studying for my orgo and my physics midterms or finals. And I was really struggling with that. I will be completely honest. I was like, I don't think I'm smart enough to be here. Like, I'm not as good as everyone in my class. I just don't get it. Like, I'm not good enough for this. And it took a lot of my friends being like, okay, but like, you got in here, like, you are passing your classes with like, good grades, like, just because it takes a lot of effort to study and get there doesn't mean that like, you're not worth it to be here. I remember we were a group of me and my friends were sitting in my room, we were all just talking. And I pulled out like the weirdest fact about myself. Just the weirdest thing. We were all sitting there. And I was like, Oh, do you guys think I can play piano? And they're like, No, like, 
whatever. And so I go over to the piano. I'm like, plop, 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 like just plopping around. Absolute garbage. And so then they all turn back to their conversation. I've been a classically trained pianist since I was like six years old. So I play out like one of the songs that I learned for an honors recital I did. And they all turn around and they're like, what in the world? Like that was totally unexpected from you. And I was like, wait, really? Like I play instrument. Like that's not that interesting. And they're like, okay, but that's so interesting. So the things you find boring about yourself, other people may find interesting. So definitely share. Second thing I would like to say is take every opportunity and enjoy every moment. Don't focus too much on school. Obviously we're here for school, but like enjoy your life. I know when I went to college, my dad was like, okay, like you're going to college, but like you need to have a life. Like you didn't really do that in high school. You need to have a life now. And I think I've definitely put that advice into works, but it's definitely something you want to implement. Like you want to have your school time and you want to have your social life. You don't want to let one take over the other. You will become the best friends with the people that you put the time into. And some of the best things happen at the unofficial event. So don't be like, I'm only a school person. I'm only going to the speaker event. I'm only going to the presentation. Like go to the pancake breakfast that we all have. You will make the best nights there. We, I, we had a um, movie night one night and it was with a group of people I wasn't really friends with. I was like, you know what? I'll just go. Like, it'll be fun. Two or three of my friends are going. I ended up getting there and I became like closest friends with some of those people to this day. I know some of the other people know them like Keenan, Julian, those type of people were there, but you end up becoming the closest friends with the unofficial events. The, some people are like, Oh, we're going to study at Lao. Go ahead. Like, don't just sit in your room by yourself. Like go enjoy your life. You're still studying. Those, you're just having more fun while you do it. That's awesome. Just to uh, contribute myself. I might be the only one of the three of us that's actually been, at a pre-o, so pre-orientation program. And I did the one with uh, geopolitics. So that already put a, a label on you that you were a big political enthusiast. Uh, it, it does help you in a way of you're already put in a smaller group. You're already exposed to different people and, and to learn from them. Like uh, one of my closest friends, I met him in pre-o. So it's, uh, it's another opportunity to do that, but on a smaller level. It's only a one-week program. It gives you a little bit of a head start to maybe meet with a few people. But of course, when everybody else moves in and when the whole, your whole class is there, that's when you'll really start to mingle with everybody else. And to Marie-Victoria, when you talk about Denise and Katie as well, I definitely know that. Like I'm also on the Model UN team at Georgetown and somebody who... I consider a, good, a very good friend. Uh, you know, we have a niche because we like the same Canadian YouTuber. And we were both fascinated by the Canadian-Filipino garbage dispute that happened three years ago. Like, it's such a weird topic, but you find your people that you think are just the most ridiculous things. But it, it's 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 always fun having a conversation and just winding, finding out what people uh, are interested in, as, as Katie and Marie Victoria have highlighted. But also, as Katie highlighted, you want to get more of Alyssa, be sure to listen to our Aloha Georgetown episode, where Alyssa joined me and then John Vieira joined me to talk about their home state of Hawaii uh, and its political past, present, and potentially its future. So let's get back to this conversation as we're doing very well. We're getting through uh, some great advice. I'm sure our audience will absolutely adore this. But let's turn this back to GUCR. This is, you know, a GUCR podcast. 
And it's the best party on campus. Would you two agree? Yes, absolutely. 100%. All right. Well, I'll put you to a little challenge. As the incumbent freshman rep and the former freshman rep, how would you pitch GUCR to new students? I'll go first while she waits. Okay, go ahead. You ready? (laughs) The longtime rep. I remember writing my speech actually for running for freshman rep. I probably still have it in my Google Doc somewhere, but I actually started with a joke. I don't remember the joke, but I would pitch community. Community is really what GCR is about. Yeah, we're all, we all like politics, whatever, but we are a community. You will find that in every event you go to, every single person knows everybody. We're a small group. We're a select few. We're the, the strong and mighty who decide to actually have a voice on campus and whether or not that gets you in a little uh, hot water we've all been in that hot water I think my favorite memory about that community is probably one of my first um, meetings we basically bonded over our canceling stories and that's the sort of community that there is like no one will judge you for anything that you've done if you all have different beliefs that's completely fine. But it's the community that you find there, the people that you find there, the people who, if you need a wrench at 2 a.m. in the morning, like Jack Dunn will bring you a wrench. If you need like medicine because you're puking on the floor from whatever it is, like Meredith will bring you some medicine. Like somebody will help you. Oh, someone is always there. And it's that community that makes UCR the place that you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's a really good point. And that would be my pitch as well. But I'm going to take it from a more um, political aspect since, you know, SFS, I kind of have to do that. Um, <laughs> I will say going being a part of GUCR was really tough for me. Um, it was tough because I didn't know who to tell that I was a part of the Georgetown Republican Club. I did not want to tell anyone. I kind of wanted to keep it low key. Because Republicans and conservatives have such a bad rep, right? We Everyone thinks that, you know, we're all thinking the same things. We're all stand behind the same pol- politicians when that's not true. We believe in um, American values and fundamental values um, that America has stood for since its founding. We believe in the Constitution. We believe in freedom. And we definitely believe in hope and the the amount of potential that the American experiment is, because that's what we are. We're trying to we're trying to show as the United States of America that we are able and we were able to be a country of diversity. And we love and accept that. I have so like all of my friends in GUCR, I have so many different like diverse friends. Okay. I have friends from Portugal. I have friends from uh, El Salvador. I have friends from Connecticut. I have friends from everywhere. Right. So like these are really good friendships that you form. And we we're here to engage in a civil discourse with other people. And that's okay. You don't need to believe in everything that the Republican Party stands for. I surely don't. I don't believe in everything that we that the Republican Party stands for, but I do believe in those funding, um, those fundamental values. And I think that's something that like if you are slightly interested or slightly agree with one of our fundamental values or you believe, hey, everybody should have the ability to speak freely on campus and not be afraid of losing friendships over that. And I mean, Katie and I are over here like 
shaking because we're on this podcast now, right? We're all outing ourselves as GUCR and like, that's okay. And we shouldn't be afraid of that. So that's what we stand for. And we invite you, even if you're not, if you don't uh, label yourself as a conservative or a Republican, if you don't label yourself at all, please come, please come to one of our meetings. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to have you. If you want to show up once and never come again, that's fine. But we just want to we want to be here for you. We want to be a community. We want to be a place that you can express your ideas and your values and grow in them. And that's something that GUCR is very special in because you have those personal connections and people are actually interested and invested in you as a person, as a student and as a professional. So definitely come and definitely take advantage of that. I think that's what GUCR is all about. And I absolutely agree with Katie. And I hope to see some of the people that are listening there, this and freshmen, please come and we will um, receive you with open arms for sure. Damn, if I heard that speech, I would join. I just want to echo what Maria Victoria was saying. The civil discourse is something that I think a lot of people don't think we do, but we do a lot of it. For example, like me and Maria Victoria or me and Ian, we probably have different politics. And we've sat down at dinner or lunch or breakfast or whatever it is. And we all just talk about it. Like, Ian, why do you think that? Like, what what in your experience, what in your past has made you think that? Like, Maria Victoria, I know she grew up in Venezuela. So, like, she a lot of her beliefs come from, like, living in that kind of country. So, like, why? Like, that's something that I always find interesting. And, I mean, I'm not an SFSer. I'm not a politics gal. I'm a little science nerd. So, like... Being able to actually be like, oh, like you, that's why you think that is because you came from that or like you believe in this, like understanding where people's thoughts come from and where their opinions come from is something that I really respect about GUCR because it's okay that we're, we all completely disagree. We don't all have to be in this one little bubble, in this one little thought, in this one little circle. We have people from all over who think very different things. We could honestly debate each other for hours, but the fact that it remains respectful throughout and everyone's intentions is just to understand and comprehend where other people are coming from rather than to try to prove them wrong or change their mind is something commendable in my opinion. But definitely join. It's fun. Yeah, I would just echo those sentiments is that, you know, we come together as a club with common values and, and a shared vision that we have for the country and that we all want everybody to do well. It's not that we go into a, a meeting or, or a debate and we're trying to prove that, you know, one side is better than the other. Surely we obviously uh, stand by our moral reasoning, our moral judgment and want to articulate why we think this is a better path for the country, but we're not going to demonize anybody for thinking one way or the other. And that's really important. And if we preach freedom, freedom of speech is at first amendment. It's the most important thing in our, in our country's founding document in our constitution. So it's in in that community, as Katie said, as Marie Victoria said, they're always there for you. We're such a tight group and we have such shared experiences. I know Katie talked about, talked about how your counseling stories bond you together. You only really find it in GUCR because you have those people who have those shared experiences. We are a minority on campus. We all are, we are a smaller group. We do get demonized. You do get vilified by a lot of our uh, people across the aisle and different people at, on campus. But I think that just makes us stronger and want us to reach more people so that we are a force for good, that we are a pot, net positive on the community, that we are there for people and we are an outlet for everybody to speak their minds and, and have a strong social life because that's really important in college. Um, 
So that's all uh, for this excellent discussion. Thank you ladies so much for joining uh, me and, and our viewers on this very important episode as we head into this new academic year. Thank you so much. Go Hoyas. Go Hoyas. And just before we sign off, be sure to follow GUCR on Twitter at G GeorgetownCR, on Instagram at Georgetown Republicans. Be sure to like this podcast, rate it five stars on whatever streaming service you're using. But thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.